0: Welcome to the Pracademics podcast, where we aim to keep you informed, connected and inspired by translating academic research into the real world to help you in your work with children, young people and families. This podcast will be recorded on the land traditionally owned by the Turrbal and Jagarab nations, as well as the Yugambeh peoples. So we pay our respect to the traditional owners of these lands, as well as the emerging community leaders around Australia. So, I'm your host today, Dr. Chelsea Leach, and before we get started, I'd like to give a trigger warning for anyone who's listening that may have a history of adverse childhood experiences themselves. In this episode, I will be reading out the list of adverse childhood experiences, which includes a description of 10 different types of maltreatment that a child may experience. If you have experienced this yourself, then you may want to skip this section and nothing will be lost for the rest of the episode. So this is read out around two to four minutes, so you may want to skip through that point. So welcome to Controversy Tuesday. So every Tuesday we're going to be talking about an area of potential controversy, but something that really gets our goat. So today I'm going to be talking about why I hate the ACEs study. So if you're not familiar with the ACEs study, um, the background is that ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences Questionnaire and it's actually something that has been around for a very long time but for some bizarre reason there's been a resurgence of interest and attention in ACEs. Perhaps it comes on the back of the uh, attention being paid to trauma-informed care or the awareness of the impact of trauma on our health system but why it's so popular I'm not entirely sure but I've got a few suspicions about that in particular because it's an easy thing for people to understand. So as a starting point, I'm going to read out the ACEs questionnaire, and I want you to keep note of anything that applies to you so you can score yourself on ACEs right now. So there's 10 questions. So number one is about emotional abuse. So score yourself one if you had a parent or an other adult in the household that often or very often swore at you, insulted you, put you down, humiliated you, or acted in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt. Number two. Physical abuse. So score yourself for one if you had a parent or other adult in the household, often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you, or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured. Number three, sexual abuse. Did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you, or have you touched their body in a sexual way, or attempt or or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal intercourse with you? Number four, emotional neglect. Did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought of you as important or special, or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other or support each other? Number five, physical neglect. Did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes or had no one to protect you? Or did it seem as though your parents or guardians didn't take care of you? For example, they didn't take you to the doctor if you needed it. Six, loss of a parent. Was a biological parent ever lost to you through divorce, abandonment or another reason? Seven, domestic violence. Was your parent or guardian often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped or had something thrown at them? Or sometimes, often or very often, kicked, bitten, hit with a fist or hit with something hard? Or repeatedly hit for at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or knife? Eight. Family member with an addiction. Did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or used street drugs? Nine. Family member with depression or mental illness. Was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did they attempt suicide? Ten. Family member incarcerated. Did a household member go to prison? So if you answered yes vet. For- any of those questions, it's worth one point. So you tallied them up and then that's your ACEs score out of 10. So what does that mean? Well, I'm arguing it doesn't mean a hell of a lot because there's a lot of information that's lost in that list. But essentially, the research has demonstrated that it seems to be for most long-term outcomes an ACEs score of four or more would indicate an increased prevalence of a whole range of medical, physical and mental health related issues in your life. So if you found that you do have an ACEs score of four or more, then you would fall into that category of being higher risk of those medical issues. Now, don't get me wrong. For what it was, the ACEs study is an incredible. Incredibly clever way of demonstrating why childhood trauma should be perceived as a public health issue and it shouldn't be relegated or siloed into just a child protection or policing issue, that in fact it has a huge impact on our medical system in the long term. It also demonstrates that when we're working with people with this whole range of medical issues that perhaps their early childhood experiences have actually being quite important to what they're presenting with and this whole study actually started when there was a individual that was doing some work with people in obesity clinics and they were finding that people would lose weight in the obesity clinic but they would still drop out and so they were doing interviews with all these people that had dropped out of these clinics to try to determine what was going on and they found that actually a high proportion of them had childhood sexual abuse and they postulated that this might be that they're Obesity was related to coping with the depression and anxiety that was related to their childhood sexual abuse. So, from there, they decided to do more of a study of what's the impact of childhood adverse experiences on health outcomes. And they did a very large scale study with people that were generally in, you know, white middle class socioeconomic status. So, they found that firstly, Most people had, I think it was around 80%, had at least one ACEs. However, the more ACEs that you had, the higher the health-related issues. And as I said, four or more were seen to be a critical issue. So that's fine. That achieves this aim of refocusing the public health agenda on childhood trauma. My concern is the sudden attention that's being paid from schools and mental health services to ACEs and the implications that that has for the children that they're working with. So my primary concern is that we think it might be a good idea to calculate children's ACEs score, but then what do we do with that? So there's a range of reasons why I don't think calculating a child's ACEs score is good in the first place without even going into what are you actually going to do with that information? So these are the reasons that I don't think it's helpful to calculate the ACEs score. Firstly, it's reductive. It takes a whole 18 years of experience and boils it down to a single number the problem with that is we have all this amazing research that is demonstrated it's not so much about the type of trauma that someone experiences But it's about the frequency of the trauma. It's about the timing of the trauma in respect to their development. So experiencing a trauma between the ages of two and four and seven to nine will be different depending on the type of trauma you're experiencing and the critical period of brain development that you're going through at that age. So some trauma is more damaging at particular ages and less damaging at other ages for this reason. And the ACEs score completely ignores that. It also ignores that you may have a range of other factors in your life that make you inoculated against or resilient against the trauma that you're experiencing. So you may have one parent in the family that is engaging in traumatizing behavior, and certainly that will have an impact. But if you also have a range of other adults around you that are supporting and protecting you from that as much as possible then the impact of that experience on you will be far more mitigated than for another young person that's going through that with perhaps a single parent and no other protective adults in their life. So there's a whole range of information that's missed when you calculate a young person's score. Also, we're not taking into account other experiences that happen outside the home. And we know the impact of bullying and victimisation in a school environment can have quite a significant impact on a young person, as can exposure to natural disasters like the Australian bushfires. So there's a whole range of things that aren't being taken into account when we're calculating the score that we don't necessarily even understand the impact of them at the moment. The other thing that the score misses is that it's not even thinking about the impact of the trauma. It's just looking at whether the trauma occurred or not, but it's not actually taking into account what the impact of that was. So it is in no way diagnostic of any kind of medical or mental health issue. And I think there's a risk that when this is being used in the hands of people that perhaps don't understand trauma and the impact of trauma, they're enjoying the whole ACEs concept because it's an easier way to understand and quantify what might be going on for a young person. But the risk is that they're really going to miss the boat because they're not looking at the impact. So what we really need is things like the child behaviour checklist or the trauma symptom checklist for children, for example, that looks at a range of symptoms that are the consequence of trauma. And that's actually much more helpful to understand the child's functioning and the impact of the trauma than knowing just the number of incidents that have happened to them in the past. Don't get me wrong, cumulative harm is incredibly important, but if we're wanting to understand how to actually work with and support these young people, we need to focus more on what the impact of their experience has been rather than the nature of the experience itself. The other risk is that it's going to just label children and children with a score over a certain number, whether it's four, five, six or more, will be labelled as, or potentially labelled as children that are that are difficult. And it scares me to think that people might start to talk about children as like, oh, he's a six. You know, you've got that kid in your class next year. Oh, yeah. Be careful. He's a six. As if that's a meaningful label that can be attributed to a child. And I think it's something that we need to be mindful when we're talking about ACEs, that this isn't the way that we start to use it. Also if we are using it in this way of assessing what the needs are of children in our school or within a certain environment, there's going to be ceiling effects. So, for example, with children that are in care or in the youth justice system, we need to assume that there's going to be very high ACES scores. And I'm not sure what knowing their ACES score will actually contribute to the work that we're doing with them. So, again, if you're working in these environments and people are talking about working out what a child's ACES score is, I think they've missed the boat. The child's already involved in the care system or involved in the youth justice system. Knowing what their ACEs score is isn't going to give you any extra information about this young person. They've already had a very negative outcome from their experiences. What's going to be far more helpful is to really understand the impact of that on their social functioning, their cognitive functioning, their emotional regulation, and then work with their developmental skills to bring them back on track. And finally, the ACEs score doesn't tell us what to do with these young people because it doesn't tell us anything about the impact. So it gives us no direction of how we can best help these young people at all. So I'm not sure what it will actually add to communities to know what the ACEs score is of children within that community. I think it's really important that we start to do community wide assessments of children to understand what their social, emotional well-being needs might be. And there's some really amazing and sophisticated tools that we have to do that. So, for example, Rumble's Quest, if you have some spare time, I encourage you to do a Google of that. It's this amazing tool where children play a computer game, which is very engaging for them. And while they're playing it, it assesses their cognitive skills, their emotional skills, their well being needs. And this can give you population-wide and community-level data on what the needs are of children in certain areas. And you can target specific domains with that public health approach. That is going to be far more effective than rolling out a calculation of ACEs scores for all these children with no direction of what to do at the conclusion of that assessment. So if you're currently working in a school, a mental health service or anywhere that works with children and young people and you start hearing people talk about we need to talk about ACEs, we need to know what children's ACEs levels are, let's roll out an ACEs survey, I really encourage you to challenge that thinking and ask questions around what's the goal and purpose of assessing these ACEs scores. And will we actually achieve those goals by doing that? Or is there a better way of assessing the needs of the young people and children that we're working with in this service and in this context? And what are the dangers of calculating ACEs scores for these children and young people? What do you think people are likely to do with that information? And what information will we be missing in doing that that might actually be more important for us to know? So there you have it that's my topic for controversial tuesday and why i hate aces as a caveat as i said it's a great study for reframing our understanding of health issues and seeing childhood trauma as a public health issue i think that it's made enormous strides in that respect. I'm concerned about using it as a diagnostic tool and trying to apply it at an individual level rather than at a population wide understanding. And I think that we've also progressed past needing to do ACEs. I think that we now understand, yep, okay, it has an impact on our health system in the long term. I think the next question is, so what do we do about that impact? So that's the controversial Tuesday topic on why I hate ACEs. So really interested in your feedback and thoughts. You can Tweet us at Pracademics Inc. or you can comment on our Instagram page, Pracademics, or you can find us on Facebook as well if you look up Pracademics Inc. Happy to hear your feedback. Tell me why you love ACEs. Tell me why you also hate ACEs. Tell me why you don't even care about ACEs or this is the first time that you've heard about it. And look forward to sharing our next podcast. So, thank you for listening to the Pracademics podcast. If you enjoyed it, please. Subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating and help drive the algorithm so that other people can be informed, connected and inspired in their work with children and young people or recommend it to a colleague that you think might enjoy it as well. And credit to our in-house Pracademics composer, Matt Schrader, for supplying the music.